This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you can learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to the Winter War Games episode 15. Toss a coin to your Larrikin. I'm your millennial host, Gary Kidney. With my Gen Z host, Liam Jones, is here. No! I hate it already. Start again. No. People must know. Liam, Liam was very upset last week when we finished the recording the podcast. He's like, I'm a millennial. I ate avocado toast. And I'm like, No, no, no. <laughs> you said I was a millennial because I was eating avocado toast. It was like, that's a very millennial thing of you to do there, Liam. And then Liam discovered he was in fact born in 1997, and that is the cutoff for Gen Z. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Are you excited for the upcoming release of Bad Boys for Life? I've, I haven't seen either of the other two Bad Boys films, but I'm going to see Bad Boys for Life. You should marathon the other two Bad Boy films before you go and see Bad Boys for Life. Well, considering I'm recording this at 4.33 in the morning, that seems unlikely. They should do a Bad Boys 3, and then it should have been Bad Boys 4 Life. Ah, you see, this is why you should be a filmmaker executive, and these people shouldn't be making their films. Yeah, I I am a production leader. Indeed. Welcome. As we could tell from all of the mishaps before this filming or recording. Yes, Liam, Liam first of all, his hair, I think, was getting on his microphone. He, could, he doesn't know how microphones work. And then he decided, just as we were literally about to hit start and recording the podcast, his computer decided to update, which is very unprofessional of him and his computer. Yeah, <laughs> you might have to replace both of us. And uh, again, let me remind you, let me reiterate, 4.34 in the morning now. Ah, 3.34pm. <laughs> this is what Liam who will, who will be the more energetic... Listen, I'm I'm always high energy. I will wake people up with my high energy, like Hiroshi Tanahashi and his infinitely Got superior S. theme song. Got S. As usual, we have NXT and ABW to cover. Last week, NXT was the superior show, so we are covering WNXT first. Liam, let me tell you, Keith Lee opened WNXT. How did you feel about that? Keith Lee, the man of the hour. I forget his old name. Keith Lee's cool. WWE has a, a remarkable ability to alienate me on their television shows within the first, like, five minutes. You don't like the start the show off with a promo. It's not even the promo. It's the way that the promos they do where Keith Lee comes out. It's like, uh, 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 so people say uh, Undisputed Era had a great 2019 or end of 2019, but mine was even better. By what no, measure? No, it wasn't, you dope. Yeah. You didn't win anything. He got pinned at Survivor Series. They lost the tag title match. Then he, he became number one contender for, and he lost the freaking triple threat to become number one contender for the AST title. He had a pretty actually bad end of 2019. His, his end yeah. of 2019 was not only not good, it was active bad yeah he's a liar or he's delusional is that the character delusional keith lee yeah and then they were like he was like oh they're limited and he turns and he pauses and he looks at the camera but i am limitless and i'm like for god's sake but he looks like he's like looking at the camera like man i'm such a cool guy did you hear my cool guy catchphrase that's they see that's my problem with WWE promos that it's just like he's out there to say his catchphrase and the one thing he actually had to say about how great the end of his 2019 was was demonstrably false it's like there's just it's literally no substance it's the opposite of substance and he's a baby he's face. just lying <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, he'll face Roderick Strong next week. Then uh, the Undisputed Year came out. They were like, "You're a dummy." They beat him up four on one. They uh, hit his leg with a like, was it a stomp on a chair? I guess uh, before... it was a pillman, a pillmanizering. Indeed, before Tommaso Ciampa made the save. Wow, what a unique segment. Yes, keep it in mind. It will sound familiar after we talk about uh, the the bru- weights. Sorry, I nearly said bruiserweights. Bro. Okay, was it the South Wales subculture? What is that the name South of South Wales subculture? That's the worst team name in the history of the, of the world, which is Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews in what was a damn good wrestling match. This is what I want from NXT. I know, I right? Want fun bullshit. Fair enough. Like you put Mark Andrews and Pete Dunne in the ring together. These two have wrestled like seventy-five times since they were children, literal children. Flips and forearms, baby. Yeah, so these two know how to have a pro wrestling match. Obviously, Matt Riddle is great. Mark Andrews, man, I love Mark Andrews, and he like he's been on television since twenty sixteen. He did nothing in TNA for a year before he left, and then like he's done absolutely nothing in WWE because he's squandered in the stupid fake promotion. He was one of the four pillars originally. Fake promotion, and then he's then he's on NXT. He was the Taway, and like. God, he's so good. I love Mark Andrews, and he was so good in this match. And I'm like, I just want good Mark Andrews on television, not sequestered over in the crappy show that's like, oh, are you watching Vince McMahon? No, no, he's not. He's never watched. He doesn't know that the freaking sub-brand exists. Do you think he knows the sub-whale subculture? I think Vince McMahon is a very big fan of the South Wales subcultures. Well, shit, I said sub-whales. Yes, it, which it, would below whales. Yes, the subculture is yeah. below whales. It's so subculture; it's it's below the actual landmass. Or to to go with the misspelling frequently on WWE social media, it's below like whales, the animal. Oh, did they actually fuck that up? Uh, uh, multiple times they accidentally t- tweet whales as in W H A L E S rather than whales as in W A L E S. The country seems like an eternal blight of the country. So like plankton underneath a whale or whatever, just catching a catching a ride. There you go. That's that's, that's a sick promo for a WWE heel to cut. Yeah, that's the sub whale subculture. But yeah, that's this a, match. That, that's a Kona Reeves promo. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, if the, he was a real wrestler in a real wrestling company. Um, <laughs> this match, yeah, great match. I thought maybe slightly too long. Maybe didn't need to go through two breaks. And maybe peaked about two minutes early. But yeah, oh, the action was great. This match, yeah, God, good wrestling. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it went too long. Like. I like having these opening NXT matches that go like 18, 20 minutes. They only work when they work, but when they work, they're like this and they hit it out the park. Like the other one was ironically involving Matt Riddle as well. The Riddle Cole match. And this just reminded me of that. See, you know what would make this work and what actually actively made it didn't work was the fact that they started the match after the opening promo so that they had to go straight to break and then they did some of the match and they went straight. So if they opened the show, Liam, with this wrestling match and then went to one break and then did the rest of the wrestling match, there you go. I fixed NXT's format by getting rid of the crappy, lying Keith Lee promo that you'll see again straight after the segment. I was going to say, speaking of their excellent formatting. Yeah, uh, yeah. seek out this match. Matt Riddle and, and Pete Dunne against Flash, Morgan Webster, and Mark Andrews. Great wrestling match. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa comes to the ring. And he's like, I'm mad at Undisputed Era. Then Undisputed Era come out and attack him four on one before Johnny Gargano's music hits and he makes the save. If that sounds remarkably familiar, that is literally a copy and paste of the opening segment. Of what happened 20 minutes ago. Like literally, it's it's not even like, you know, at the end of the show they do it again. It's like, 
they do that segment, they have a wrestling match, then they do that segment again with most of the principal parties involved. It's just, uh, Tommaso Ciampa falls into the Keith Lee role, and, and then you have uh, Gargano making the save instead. It's like, what are you doing? Did no one look at this format and go like, it's the same? I remember as I was watching it, I was just like slightly going, no. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> It's funny, Liam uh, mentioned in Slack, in the Voices Wrestling Slack, it's like, oh, this, they did the same segment. And if you go, like, three hours earlier, there is also me saying in the Voices Wrestling Slack, they just did the exact same segment. People in the Slack also responded to my thing, like, wait, which one? And I was like, so no one just listened to yours? Uh, that's that's a reoccurring theme, that no one listens to the sound of my voice or written words. But we do read your words in your voice. Yes. We should better. Do you read, do you read words in my voice, Liam? I think like not like in the like literally but mm-hmm. like there's like a, a tiny version of you kind of like it mixes with the voice in my head so there's like the, there's a real me and then there's like the the the, the ideal me formed in your head that's the, the way I sound to you no because the ideal you wouldn't write the things that you write oh that's a heavy shot that's unnecessary <laughs> Again, 4.41 in the morning, you're taking these shots at me. I'm, I'm, I'm depriving myself of sleep to record this podcast with you out of, out of sympathy for you you blowing your back out while lifting a table. And I'm like, okay, we'll delay the podcast because I'm kind and I'm considerate and I'm caring and I'm compassionate and I'm a nice human being. You know what kind, considerate, caring and passionate people do? They bring it up constantly. Yes, and those that's the, the, the that's four ways of saying the exact same thing, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, four forty two in the morning, Liam, and, and there there is you being mean to me, your poor well, beleaguered co Garrett, I think you're just splitting hairs about the time. Solid segue. Grizzled young veterans defeated the time splitters in their first <laughs> round match in the Dusty Why? Classic. I'm gonna I'm going to spoil our podcast, Liam. Um no matter how good NXT was I am. I refuse, out of principle, to give NXT a victory just because they had time splitters lose in the opening round of the Dusty Classic. Alex Shelley, as is well documented, and as you know, Garrett, is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's here. He's fired up. He looks like he's putting in like more effort than he has in a while. I was like, yes, this is going to be great. Time Splitters are going to make it to the finals and they'll probably wrestle uh, Red Dragon. It'll be like 2014 New Japan. And then they lost. And do you know, Liam, have you seen the brackets? Because their next match, had they went through, would in fact have been against Red Dragon. Yay. (laughs) The match wasn't even that good either. It was fine. Yeah, but like, we've seen Shelly in Ring of Honor over the past three years. I still think... You know, just watching him move, you can tell that he's putting in a bit more effort. Yeah, and I appreciate just... that from one of my favorite wrestlers ever. <laughs> they had lose to Zach Gibson and James Drake. I like Zach Gibson and James Grape. James Grape is what I was going to call him. He's Grape. He's Grape. But yeah, I like them. They can deliver a big match. And like if they go to the finals, they'll probably have a good match with whoever, with the, the bros awaits. Uh, yeah, you might as well go all the way if you're going to push one of these teams. And you knocked out the other, like, the probably the actual best team. Well, I was going to say, like, it's either going to be the Imperium versus Red Dragon or it's going to be Broserweights versus uh, Grizzled Young Vets because they will want to do an NXT versus NXT UK finals. And I would hazard a guess that the Imperium will lose and then result in them having a four-on-four match against the Undisputed Era as opposed to splitting that into multiple matches. Wait, didn't they already announce a four-versus-four match? 
Did they make that official or was it just inferred? I'm pretty sure that's what they announced on the clip show. Well, so much for that. Never mind. Just ignore the fact that these people are having matches. Are the finals not at Worlds Collide? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they are at Worlds Collide. The semifinals are next week. Let me check the current Worlds Collide card according to Wikipedia. Which, by the way, by all accounts, this show is not selling particularly well. Uh, I don't do, know. Do, I couldn't do, imagine why. Do, do, Apparently, do. according to Wikipedia, there's nothing about the finals being on the show, but the eight-man tag is, in fact, official. So, yeah, then I guess Imperium and Red Dragon are losing. <laughs> or maybe the Worlds Collide finals are on NXT in two weeks. Well, that just seems like a waste. Or the week after Worlds Collide. I don't know. Are you excited for? Well, I'm, I'm gonna skip. I was gonna skip ahead, but we'll get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, time slur is lost. The stupid show. <laughs> yeah, it was a good match. I thought it was pretty fun. It was fine. Chelsea Green looks like a different human being. Yeah, she's. I don't know what happened, but like, I think oh, she looks cool. Of the multiple incarnations of her, like Laurel Van Ness and regular Chelsea Green, and like pre Laurel Van Ness, Chelsea Van Green, uh, Chelsea Van, yes, of course, all those names. Chelsea Van Green. Yes, she looks very different from all of them, and it's strange and it's off-putting. I don't know. I th- um, I think she looks like cool. Like she's meant to be like kind of this cool, better than thou shtick, and I like it. I did like that uh, Robbie was like. <laughs> Nerd Battle Royal. She's not going to be in that. She, she's too big a star for the Nerd Battle Royal. Yeah, Nerd Battle Royal for the title number one contendership. With all the other women in the company. I was going to say, like, imagine if, like, this was a shoot and Robert Stone was her legitimate manager and she's like, wait, why did you take me out of a, a match where I could become number one contender? Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> and he's just like, nah, it's because you're hot. And she's like, it's true. You see, no one else was on the list, so they're not deserving. And they should bring in Rob Terry. Just for the sweaters, they should bring in Rob Terry. They're not gonna, they won't wear the sweaters, though. They're wearing Tony Khan suits. That's true. Isaiah Scott defeated Leo Rush and Tyler Breeze to book a slot in the Cruiserweight Championship match. It's a four-way, isn't it? Yes. That's the thing two they're doing. NXT UK members will be... You know, two fake wrestlers will round well. out the the, 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 the match. Uh, I liked this match. I thought this match felt... I don't know. I think this was there's a great eight-minute match inside this. It was apparently 13 minutes, but it felt longer, and that's probably the problem. They, yeah, I think maybe both shows can learn from this, but like they should both maybe cut three minutes off any match they have planned. <laughs> I think we'll, uh, there's a particular match on AEW Dynamite that 100% needed to go considerably shorter, but we'll get to that. Or, or not go at all. <laughs> yes, maybe. perhaps not exist in the first place, but if it were to exist, certainly should not have been a two-segment wrestling match. Damn we'll talk, we'll talk you, about that. Mel. Mel rule of Mel. <laughs> Mel. <laughs> Fucking Mel. She's <laughs> 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 with Mel. <laughs> I'm not sure is it funny or am I sleep deprived it's well I don't know I'm not sure if it's funny or if it's these painkillers I'm on (laughs) the nightmare collective you're leaving this entire bit in oh Alright. Right. Isaiah Scott defeats Leo Rush and Tyler Breeze with the JML driver. More like the JML driver. 
Oh no. <laughs> All right. I, I think I have it together. Oh. Hmm. Scott's going to Worlds Collide. The match is alright. Yeah. I, I have nothing. Johnny Gargano was uh, the, the with Tomas the champ and he's like, Mustache Mountain want to fight us and we'll do it. <laughs> that was about it. That, that match will be really good. It was. Did you watch the NXT UK took over? I watched most of it. Did you watch the uh, Tyler Bate Jordan Devlin match? I did. Wow, you should talk about it because I haven't. <laughs> I thought I thought it was a very good version of that match, but I am a tad numb to their style because basically mm. that same kind of match happens on NXT twice a week. Yeah, it just doesn't happen on NXT UK. That's probably true, but there's truly no way of knowing. Uh, I was very mad here because, as as we mentioned, uh, Keith Lee's leg got uh, violently assaulted earlier in the show. <laughs> he was just walking around like a dude. Yeah, and like the, even earlier in the show, after his leg got violently assaulted, they were like, oh, the doctors are checking on him and he might not be able to make the match next week or he might be hurt. And then here, he's just coming up, beating up security, fighting with the Undisputed Era, giving out about Roderick Strong, and he's fine. That's like, what was he the point? He threw a man through a bush, damn it. He did pounce a man through a bush and threw a man through a car window. Or a windshield. But or into one. Well, the windshield's shattered, so there you go. Yeah, but he didn't go through into the front seat, did he? I don't know. Maybe he rolled. This is an unnecessary like point of contention. Keith, Keith Lee, perfectly fine here, apparently. His knee's doing good. If, they, if, if their match next week is built around the fact that his knee is hurt, I will have serious problems with it. Because, very clearly, he's fine. Nah, much like most of the WWE audience, I will forget about it and not care. And then we had our main event, which was the Battle Royal for the NXT uh, number one contendership. That I assume went 50 minutes. It was 22 minutes, according to our fan Larry C. That's wrong. Uh, it featured Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Bianca Belair, Casey Catanzaro, American Ninja Warrior is back. But I thought she died. The debuting Mercedes Martinez, Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, was Dakota Kai in this match? Mm, I don't remember being in the match. Larry says she was, but... God, were there this many people in this match? Vanessa Board, Caden no, Carter, no, Satana Garrett, wasn't Yoshirai. in it because um, Maro had a whole quote about um, like something about her absence during the match. And yeah, she took out um, what's her name? Oh yeah, classic. What's her name? <laughs> this is as I said. If you take me, it was there being off over Christmas. Tegan Knox. There we go. She took out Tegan Knox later in the match. So I don't think she was in the match. If she was in the match, I don't remember her in the match. But then again, she gave up. Do you remember MJ Jenkins in the match? I don't either. And Larry says she was there. Do you remember Jesse? No. <laughs> Poor Tiana Peraza. Sure. Like Chelsea, Chelsea Green. Being Chelsea Green gets like this whole new character after like the Raw thing, and then they're just like, ah, Diana, getting the nerd battle royal. <laughs> I, I'd, liked, I'd like it if Robert Stone had already signed her and was like, Chelsea can't be in the nerd battle royal. I'll chuck Diana in though. <laughs> she fits the nerd bill quite well. I like Diana. But yes, this was a, a battle royal, so it was very unmemorable. The only thing I don't I... like battle royals. <laughs> Did you like this battle royal? No, it was boring. There you go. So uh, I didn't like the ten minute like Royal Rumble fatal like final four stick either. Yeah, the best thing about this match was when Dakota Kai took out Tegan Knox and then threw the knee brace right at the face <laughs> of Tegan Knox and it was fantastic. I <laughs> like Tegan Knox didn't get her hand up or anything, it just hit her in the face. It was hilarious. 
Dakota Kai is real mean now. Yeah, Dakota Kai is great. She she should win this match. But yeah, screw Bianca Belair. I was like, uh, you were after the match. You were like, oh, Bianca Belair won, huh? And I was like, did she? Oh, she did. It seems like a real stupid decision. And I I've only I watched the show like like I think like she's done. Ago. Like to me, she's her her NXT run is like over. Mm. Also, um, shout outs to Indy Hartwell who was in this match. Australian represent. There you go. They were building up Candice LeRae as well as like the potential next challenger. You know, it was oh Tony Storm and Candice LeRae looking at Rhea Ripley's title, but uh, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be Bianca Belair. It's gonna be Bianca Belair versus Tony Storm. Well, it when could she well be. wins, uh, is that those aren't title matches, are they? Oh, they are title matches. Never uh, yeah. mind. That was the whole point. Tony came out was like, "Hey, bunch of belt." That is NXT. Did Tony win the NXT UK women's title? That's why I was like, is that a title match? I don't remember. There's truly no way of knowing. I can check very quickly. Um, Thank you for checking. I I, I know nothing of the NXT UK results. Kaylee Ray retained. I stopped paying attention to UK results a year ago. You didn't watch Walter and Joe Coffee? (laughs) Or the unnecessarily long ladder match that had Gallus win for reasons beyond comprehension. Did the Walter Joe Coffey continue the tradition of a 30-minute main event at the the NXT UK takeovers? In their defense, it was only 27 minutes. Oh, well, that's justifiable. <laughs> that's acceptable. God, that match was at least 15 minutes too long. This was a good show. But I th- why did Alex Shelley lose? I, th- I thought I, li- I, was, I, I really, 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 really liked that opening match. And, and the rest was kind of there. <laughs> Oh, I, I really liked the opening match and I liked the three-way a lot. Hmm. And I even liked the tag match more than you too, so I was pretty high on everything except for the Battle Royal. Yeah, the opening tag is great. All right, AW Dynamite. So we, we had the 50-50 shot. I ran a Twitter poll um, on my own Twitter. I haven't, I haven't voted yet. Uh, on my own oh, Twitter no. uh, before this show. It's like, oh. we have a 50-50 chance. Is it going to be a good Dynamite or a bad Dynamite? And people, 70-odd percent voted good Dynamite. And they were correct. It was a good episode of AW Dynamite. Oh, is this the second week? Which means it must be, yes. Yes. Every so, two weeks. So yeah, yeah, we went, went good week, bad week, good week. Next week's on the boat, so really that episode could go any which way. Uh, so if someone doesn't get thrown off the boat, it's automatically a bad week. Uh, yes, and, and uh, on the same principle that uh, Time Splitter's Lost makes NXT a bad wrestling show this week. Uh, if someone <laughs> doesn't get thrown off the boat, uh, AEW's a bad wrestling show next week. Mm-hmm. Who, do you, who is your vote to be thrown off the boat? I like Joey Janela, probably. Uh, to me, it screams Derby, but... <laughs> Well, Janela has a match confirmed, so... Yeah, he's wrestling Phoenix. If Phoenix could do something dopey off the boat, that would be hilarious. Well, um, this, well, because we're talking about Janela now, and we, it's not like he had a major thing on the show. I really liked his promo this week. I didn't! <laughs> wow! So we'll start with you. Why did you like it? Uh, I liked the promo because when I was watching it, and I was like, the aesthetic that he had, like, he's... I think he's finally perfected the Janela look of, like, ultra scumbag. Mm-hmm. And while he was doing that, he was cutting a straight-up 80s uh, WWE promo. And I was like, we don't really get those kind of promos anymore. So I was fine with it. I really liked it. The reason I thought I, it stood out. The reason I, I, I didn't like it, and I don't like most of his promos, is I don't really believe him. I don't think he can See, do, like, sincerity very well. This is the first time I did believe him. That's mm. why. <laughs> like, all the other times, it just seems like... A shy, like a shy little kid pretending to be this cool guy. Yeah. This is the one where I was like, ah, I, I feel like he would jump off the boat. Well, yeah, I, I believe he'd jump off the boat, but I don't believe he's like seriously trying to fight somebody. When he's like, oh, mm. I have to bounce back from my 29... It's like, I don't believe you care about any of that. 
No, I yeah, maybe that was the that tinge of insincerity is what uh, made me think of it being as an '80s promo, and that's why I liked it. Yeah, he was a, a small part of that show. He will face Phoenix next week. We open the that's show cool. with the Young Bucks against Santana Ortiz against Kenny Omega and Adam Page against the best friends in a just big dumb stupid spot fest. Yeah, uh, as. <laughs> You watched the NXT TakeOver UK, Garrett. <laughs> Which f- uh, four-way tag match was better? Well, the NXT UK TakeOver ladder match was actively boring, and this was a tremendous wrestling match, so it's really not much of a contest. But one had ladders, and one didn't. <laughs> it's funny when you watch ladder matches, it's like these people don't really know how to do ladder matches, and you can always tell it's just like the pacing is wrong, and like there, there's a, a balance between setup and payoff. That you need to do. If it's too much payoff, it becomes numb. If it's too much setup, it becomes boring. It needs like that perfect balance. And too many people, it's just too much setup and too much like doing ladder spots that aren't all that impressive and they don't build anything. It doesn't go anywhere and it's always contrived. And they always do that dumb spot where they set up like three ladders in the ring and all of them climb up once. It's like mm. that never goes anywhere. Why does everybody do that spot? And it's never good in any wrestling match. It's like, meanwhile, this match was the complete opposite because, like, no, none of their, like, big spots felt so contrived. Everything felt like... It was, just, it was a lot like, go, 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 but nothing felt like it had this millennia of setup to it. Yeah, it's just like, people come in, hit the moves, people come in, hit the moves, in and out, easy transitions. Uh, this match was super fun. I love this match. This match is great. Uh, you have a, a great Orange Cassidy spot. Yes. Um, uh, one of my favourite spots in this match, too, and I, I don't even really point out spots when I review things, but they hit the double Jerry Lynn Palmer drivers. They did. Which um, Larry Zonka here incorrectly uh, dubbed as the Gotch Power Driver, which I put... The Gotch Power Driver is a pull-up with the, the Gotch style, and the Jerry Lynn is throwing it up at the top. So yes. Cradle Pile Driver, where the Gotch Pile Driver is like, you, you hook the legs, but then kind of styles clash them. Yeah. Yeah. This match ruled. This match is just yeah. like... And this is the best, far and away, I think, the best Santana and Ortiz have looked in this company. They felt like a, like a real team. Like, you saw them and you're like, these people... Yeah. You know how there's, there was that discussion or in, um, in WWE documentaries a long time ago that I used to watch, where they would be like, there's a difference between people who come up and then they get formed into a team and people who come up as a team. Yeah. And in this match, it, it, like, you could really feel that like, Santana and Ortiz came up as a team. Yeah. And like I don't, I don't think they've looked like super good in AEW so far. And this is the first time I've looked at them. It's like this is the LAX I've seen an impact in the last two years. Like this, this is that team or three years. This is that tag team, and here they are mm. in a big national stage, kicking ass. I, I also, I really like the Omega and Page team. I'm, I really like that they've like gone all the way to getting a title match. They haven't done like the cliched explosion, and I really mm. like that they're like. They're just guys professionally getting the job done while in the ring, but like they don't even particularly like each other or interact with each other, even though they, they do have a cool double team finish with the, the buckshot lariat with the V trigger uh, at the same mm. time. That's a cool finish. On being the elite, I'll have you know that uh, they, they are running a story where they're trying to like become friends, but they keep getting dragged apart by the Bucks unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the story of this match where they, they, they didn't, the elite didn't want to fight until the very end when. Uh, Page tagged, uh, made a blind tag on. It was Matt or Nick Jackson, I think it was Matt. And Matt was like, "What?" <laughs> he was very surprised. Well, there was also the moment where um, uh, the Bucks had a chance to tag in an elite member, and they chose Kenny over Page. Yeah, betrayal. Which really, but actually, no. It that actually speaks more of them seeing Page as higher, uh, higher up, right? Because if they if they were gonna tag in the person 
Like, they're tagging the person that they don't want to win. So they think, oh, I'll tag in Kenny because he can't finish it. You should, in theory, tag in the weak link, yes. So yeah. it's, it's a disrespect <laughs> so to Kenny. Yeah. That's like the dumb wrestling logic. <laughs> but, like, that is the, the logic of this match. It's like, you, you don't want to be on the apron because you can't win. If this was an elimination match, the, the logic is reversed. But you don't want to be on the apron because you can't win. If yeah. you're not in the ring, you can't win the match. And then... You won't be so number competitors. The they should have, Matt should have done the look and then tagged in Paige. <laughs> the disrespect. Yeah, but I don't think mm-hmm. the audience would have gotten that, though, in fairness. Yeah. In terms of the visual storytelling, but we Paige, would have gotten it. We would have eventually, like, like, sussed it out the exact same way we did here, except the other way around. Mm. So, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page will face SEU on the boat next week. Then Cody Rhodes coming out Miami Vice looking. God, Cody is the best entrance in wrestling. He's such an ace. Yeah. This is, like, the time where I really saw it, too. I was like. Like, when he's, like, not so prim and proper, and he's kind of, like, letting his hair down a bit, that's when I like Cody the most. He should always dress like he's in a 1980s film, or a a Vice City To be fair, we should all always dress like we're in a 1980s film. I'm gonna make you live by that. From now on, you have to dress like a 1980s film on the podcast. Right now, I'm kind of dressing like I'm in a 1990s grunge film, if that helps. I have no way of verifying this, so you could really just say that you're doing it, but... I think I'm trustworthy enough. So Cody's got a pretty good promo about how he accepts the stipulations of MJF. He'll face him in Atlanta in about a month. When was, when's that, Matt? That Atlanta show is not for a while, isn't it? It's like 20 years away. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, so he'll face Wardlow. He won't touch MJF before Revolution. And he will accept. I wanted him to turn down the 10 lashes and accept 20. But now he, he said 10. He'll accept the 10. And when that happened, we don't know. But yeah, MJF and Cody is, as of right now, on for Revolution. I hope he does the whole, please, sir, I'll have another. Yeah. that's. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to do that here. It's like, you want to give me 10 lashes, I'll take 20. And everyone will be like, wow, yeah, you're tough. But then that segment gets drawn out an extra 20 minutes because they have to wait a minute between each lash. That's true. It would be, it would be unbearable. I, I would then criticize it when it happens in three weeks or whenever. Hmm. Six months. Yeah, Cody's great here. Cody's always great. He's the eternal ace of this company. Garrett. Mm-hmm. Mel. 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 <laughs> Mel. Mel. Liam, please take us through Brandy Rhodes and Mel against Hikaru Shida and Chris Satlander in great detail. Why did this match even occur? <laughs> Well, it was meant to be Awesome Kong, but Awesome Kong was injured. Yeah, but I'm saying that was your out. That's <laughs> then true. You could have just not done the match. You could have done a singles match. You could have done Statlander. Though people are kind of giving Shida and Statlander a pass here. I don't think they were good in this match either. Statlander completely missed her shooting star deal. It was a, a shooting star hand on the L- on the shoulder. It was very devastating. I, I, I watched that and I just um, I wanted to be in the back and see Cody and Kenny and the Bucks reaction to that. Yeah. And like the moments before she completely missed the kick as well. The kick to mm. like to create that separation was fresh air. Yeah, this match no good. Like uh, and like Hikarashita and Statlander have been very good in the show. Not good mm. here either. This is maybe the worst match in AEW history. This match was dark. I think far and away this is the worst match in AEW history. My God. Um what were your thoughts on Mel? Mel. She's she looks tall. <laughs> she looks taller than I realized. <laughs> Her name is Mel. Her name is Mel. Just, just Mel. Brandy Rhodes. Mel, and... like a damn librarian. Well, she should join the librarians. That would make more sense. I think. I, I think it's like I want to like Mel too. I think Mel like has a cool aesthetic to her. You have Brandy Rhodes. You have Awesome Kong. You have Doctor Luther, and you have Mel. Mel. <laughs> <laughs> 
The don't... Nightmare Collective. It's it just your, your spine tingles with fear and terror. You, w- you wake up in the middle of the night, startled out of the nightmare. And you're just like, Mel. Dear God, it's Mel. <laughs> oh. They should Poor kill Mel. this angle. Yeah, she looks like she's she she's looked taller in this match than she that's that 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 she has that going for her. She's tall. They probably should have like just made it a singles match with Mel and Sheeta, or Mel and Chris. Also, Mel lost. That's true. She took the fall. <laughs> well, in fairness, you couldn't have Brandy lose. They probably who was a manager most of the time. <laughs> they probably stuck to the original format in which Mel was supposed to take the fall with Kong also in the match. You don't have to. But there's, there's You can change the format You're in complete control Wrestling is fake There is an inherent problem with the Nightmare Collective though That if Kong is not the star This is a Kong vehicle And if Kong is injured Then it becomes a Brandy Rhodes vehicle So nope. Brandy Rhodes is the one you kind of Is it a Mel vehicle? Is it a Dr. Luther vehicle? Sh- yeah it should be a male vehicle because Brandy Rhodes' character is that she's a manipulator, not that she is a leader. But then, Mel, you really want to hang she this on Mel? She could have taken Liam? the fall. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna die on the Mel Hill, <laughs> yeah, which is separate from a mole hill. One, one day Mel is gonna be a star in this company. I'm gonna have the biggest victory lap, making a mountain out of a Mel Hill. The Dark Order. Oh yes, the Dark Order are back. There specifically, uh, people have problems with this promo, and I, I very much agree that the the premise of these Dark Order promos, Liam, are that they are paid for by the Dark yeah. Order to appear on air. Yeah. So they decided to take this video of them outlining their entire strategy and mm-hmm. then put it on the television show. Yep. There is actually there's there's a broader theory. You know, fishing like email phishing schemes. Yes. The the idea is that they are supposed to be so ridiculous that like the average person who is not going to be caught by them is going to dismiss it out of hand. So like the people that actually replied to them, they're so ridiculous and so absurd and so like clearly a scam that the people that actually reply to them are people that are much more likely to be like actively scammed. So it's it, it's a filtering device. It filters out all the people that are like smart, and the people that reply are stupid, and they're much more likely. You're much more likely to scam them. So this is what that that is. This is like we're going to put it all out there as like we're going to cast our net out and see what we get. It's actually brilliant strategy from the Dark Order. Adversely, mm-hmm. Adam Page, who at this point is drunk, will be watching that and go, "Oh, they like me." <laughs> the elite don't like him. Thus. Thus convincing him to join the Dark Order. You know what annoys me about the whole Marty re-signing deal? Go on. We were so correct about everything. We were so correct that Paige was gonna be the was gonna join him. We were correct that Dark Order was a subsidiary of Villain Enterprises. We were right about everything. <laughs> Dave Meltzer reported that today that the, the Dark Order was basically building toward the debut of Marty Scurll. But as you might have heard, Marty Scurll was offered a boatload of money and the the book. <laughs> so he's staying in Ring of Honor. <laughs> You can't even, like, getting that kind of, you can't even blame the guy, can you? Yeah, you're booking yourself and you're getting shitloads of money. Sure. Plus, like, assuming the contract isn't 10 years, AEW will probably still be around by the time it comes up. Yeah, he's 31, assuming an average contract length of about three years. He'll be 34 when he gets out of it, which is still in his prime. And one will assume he won't book himself (laughs) so far into the ground that he's not of any value. Yeah, like, he will come out of this... A star still, so I do wonder, like, because like the I 
the story that came out was that he was supposed to debut in December, right? Uh, that he, yeah, that Dark Order segment, the last show before Christmas, in theory, was meant to be the debut of Marty's Girl, where which uh, that segment admittedly would have worked much better if it was the debut yeah. of Marty's Girl. Also, that was what we said, but. <laughs> Like, if that was the case, I wonder if, like, this new deal that they got would have been the t- a turning point on it, the new deal with TNT. A new turning point on which? On, like, hey, let's just throw boatloads of money at Marty's Girl, or if they just didn't see the particular value at that point in time. I I think that deal is still not like, whoa, we're going to go swimming in money kind of money. I think that deal mm. is, we're going to actually probably be profitable next year kind of money. Yeah, it's interesting regardless. And I, I do, I kind of like that they're not just like, give him a million dollars, because that's the stupid WSW thing to do. They're in here for the long haul, or at least the three-year haul. Yes. And they're probably already throwing, like, throwing stupid money out at Kenny Omega and John Moxley, so they probably can't throw stupid money out at everybody. Hmm. And Sp- Luke Harper. Who's, I think about him. So who's going to be the leader of the of the Dark Order now, Garrett? I want your predictions now, because we were correct last time. Giovanni from Team Rocket. Wow, that's a bold choice. Do you remember the early Pokemon episodes when he was communicating with Team Rocket? Yeah. And he was like a shadowy figure in the background, communicating on like... So that's him. That's Giovanni. You know, you know who my prediction is? Uh, Marty's girl. Orange Cassidy. <laughs> that would be quite a twist. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the best... <laughs> And just like cuts to like the chair, and it's just Orange Cassidy, and he chucks up a thumb. So in that instance, you 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 then just turn the Dark Order into Orange Cassidy knockoffs. They all just start wearing like like the people in the crowd, Orange Cassidy cosplay. Yeah, they they start wearing the double like jean look, and then but they also have the mask still with the glasses over the masks. But you have to make them blue denim masks. Yeah. John Moxley defeated Sammy Guevara in a very good wrestling match. I like this match a lot. It's a good TV match. Yeah, it's eight. I thought it was pretty fun. Remember last week when I was like, oh, they'll have a nine minute three and a quarter star match. They had a nine minute three and a quarter star match. Yep. <laughs> Which was, yeah, good fun. Uh, Mox Sammy's won. Sammy's still great. At Sammy everything. is great. Like, the, the, we'll talk about the post match more in a second. But, like, in the post match, the, they're holding back. He just lost clean to John Moxley. And they're holding him. The, the inner circle attack him. They're holding John Moxley back. And Sammy just starts bitch slapping him as if he, like, he's in a position of dominance despite just yeah, being as beaten. If, as if he had earned this. As yes. if, like, uh, I, I knew I was tougher. I proved it. <laughs> it's the best. He's a little runt. It's the best. I love Sammy. Sammy's great. See, like, this is what makes me angry about AEW. I've just had, like, a mini introspective moment. Like, this is what I want the show to be all the time. <laughs> Why can't the show be this all the time? You get it every second weekly, and what more do you want? I, don't... <laughs> um, I want it all the time. <laughs> it's very Does selfish. That, uh, how will, when we go to having another show, will it be <laughs> every second show? So it'll be like, Dynamite is good, Dark is bad, AEW Lightning is good, but then Dynamite is bad, but then Dark is good. <laughs> Well, isn't the rumblings that they're they're moving dark to TV? According to who, whoever you listen to. That that was from the head of Turner, so I'd imagine. That's yeah, well, t- depending on who you listen to, okay. <laughs> yeah, so dark will always be bad. Did which, Ted say Turner's, it? Huh? Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. That's the only head of Turner I respect. Dark is usually bad, though. To be fair. Dark is occasionally good, though. When they when they actually put when they have a Kenny singles it. match. Yes. 
It's like, hey, let's put one of our one of our good wrestlers isn't wrestling on TV this week. Let's put him on Dark. And then you get the Young Bucks against Stronghearts. And you're like, ooh. Oh, yeah. The Stronghearts were on Dark this week. The Wrestling Jurassic Express. Yeah. And I'm sure they won. Yeah, sure it didn't. <laughs> Wait, which Stronghearts members were there? Was it Lindemann and T-Hawk? I assume it was Lindemann and T-Hawk, but who knows? Former Maybe it was a six-man, actually. I didn't actually read the results that clearly. We'll find out on Dark next week. Former Wrestle 1 champ. Uh, a true Wrestle 1 ace. No, not anymore. Now a different invader. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, true Wrestle 1 ace? Who'd he beat? That doesn't, it's not, that's not how it works. That's not how ace-ship works. You don't just beat the ace and you become the ace. Hey, Ashino was beaten, and then he didn't even get his title back. But that logic, like, he... Will Ospreay was ace of New Japan for a bit. Yeah, we're we're going to start the linear ace. The the linear ace is such a great concept. Whoever's the linear, whoever gets most the most recent pinfall on the ace, you'd have to go from when Tanahashi like first started being like declared as the ace, and then just like every loss from that point. Find out who is in fact the linear ace. It's probably just Okada. I guarantee it's probably Okada. Or like AJ, because like the thing would always be that like one would beat one, and then the other would beat the other one, but couldn't beat the other one. Though actually, now that I say it, it can't be Okada, because Okada lost his last match, so it's probably Naito. <laughs> well, uh, well, to be fair, it probably would have been off of Tanahashi for, like, years at this point. Yeah. It's probably, like, show. It's probably, it's probably is. Show or Chuck. It's probably, like, it's probably, like, somehow in old Japan now, and it's, like, Kento Miyahara. <laughs> uh, someone, someone worked that out. Whenever Tanahashi was called Ace, work out who the linear Ace is. Mm. Go, linear Ace. John Moxley was attacked by the inner circle. A really good beatdown because when like Jericho's music hit, when Judas hit, the crowd like huge reaction because Jericho's a huge star. And by the time they beat up John Moxley relentlessly, there was like real heat there. It's like oh, that's that's good pro wrestling. Um, I think like this works so well because Jericho came off as legitimately unhinged and as a threat. Like this wasn't jokey, haha, Jericho. This was the pain maker. <laughs> yeah, stabbing a guy in the eye with a spike does that. With a dull spike. Mm. How do you know? I saw it. Oh, well, fine. <laughs> he held it up to the camera multiple times. Mr. Master of pointy things. I am. Pointiest. And also, it was annoying. At the end, Like Jericho's cutting his promo into the camera, but the Tony would not shut up. So I was like trying to listen to Jericho, but I had Tony going over it. Don't you disrespect Tony. He can say whatever he wants. <laughs> At the start of the show, where Tony's just like, Hi, JR! Hi, Excalibur. <laughs> Excalibur's just like, hi, Tony. <laughs> He's a gent. I like Tony. He's just there to have a good time. He's not even there to get paid. He's just there to have a good time. After the match, Chris Jericho cut, a, again, a really good promo on John Moxley about he was blind and he was going to kick that. He was like, I'm going to beat the, I think he said crap. He's like, no, shit out of here. He's like, I, I don't need to censor myself. He's like, I get the one allowed shit on TNT. Yeah, it's like Mox is out of the title picture. It's going to be Pack and Darby for number one contendership. That was a really good line. He's like, he doesn't even count anymore. That was a good line. I like that a lot. Then as they were walking away, Jake Hager put a hand over his eye to simulate a pirate slash be blinded. Arr. And they said, Arr, into the camera, which is the best thing Jake Hager has ever... I don't need him to wrestle. Because Mox is going to be a pirate on the boat. He was a pirate already on the show. Yeah, if he doesn't hijack yeah, but the But I boat, want him to come out in full Captain Feathersword regalia. I want him to come up to the boat on a boat of his own and actually <gasps> hijack the boat. But the boat is the car. <laughs> yes, he's turned the four GT or whatever <laughs> into a boat. GT into a car, and he's there with his first mate, Mel. Yeah, Mel. <laughs> Put 
the flanks down, Mel. (laughs) 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 This is delirium. Again, 5.17 in the morning. It's not my fault. Well, we got to MJF, The Butcher and the Blade versus Diamond Dallas Page, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. This match is great. QT does more of his dumb, cool flips. I love him. They should sell that I Bang Dallas's Daughter shirt. People would buy that. Do you want people buying that, though? <laughs> I mean, not if I'm Diamond Dallas, but I'm not. <laughs> That's true. DDP looked real good. He had a shit. He did a diamond cutter. He did a big dive. He's 63. <laughs> He's 63. <laughs> Like, he got so much offense. I don't mind. I, for some reason, as I said, I was mad about this last week because it was like four on one and he was fighting off all these people by himself. I'm kind of fine with him within the context of a wrestling match getting a hot tag. But like, he, he didn't take anything. Well, he's not going to take a bump. He's 63. He'll fall, fall in the dust. <laughs> then don't do the six, man. I'm fine with him. Do- he doesn't need to take a if bump. If you are willing to, to bump for MJF or at least be rolled up, in the same manner that QT Marshall was. He probably should have taken the fall. I agree with you there. But I'm fine, I'm fine with everything DDP did in this match. Bang! Even though, actually, now that you mentioned the bang, when DDP did his entrance, God forbid the AW cameraman stay on DDP doing his iconic bang. They missed the bang! I, DDP's entrance makes me mad because it's it's me, DDP. I'm like, no, no it's me, it's me. Mm. You get two of them. AW music, come on. I don't actually mind the song. It's a fine just rip off of all of his other themes, but there is like a weird through line of like obviously his his, his original WCW theme was a rip off of "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and then you Wait, just what? have like weird spins on the rip off. So you get like yeah. rip offs of rip offs and like spin offs of rip offs. It's fascinating. I like that they they still got a, a self high five in there though. As as well they should because that's his entire shtick. <laughs> if true that, um, I like TDP's attire. It was like it was his older tie, but it had the DDP yoga color on the side too. I like that he actually wore gear as well, because if I remember when he did like it Rumble didn't look and WWE, bad. yeah, when he did like Rumble stuff and WWE stuff, he didn't wear gear. It looks like DDP again, sixty-three. Good work, DDP. Uh, Wardlow will face Cody in the cage match on February nineteenth, by the way, which is a. Have you seen much Wardlow? I think I've asked this before. I don't think I've ever seen any Wardlow. Should we watch a Wardlow match to see if this cage match will be good? I, I I will I would like to be pleasantly surprised or upset with Wardlow, so I'll go in fresh. I it's a, that match is a month away, by the way. <laughs> oh, Jesus, can we get? Especially if you're gonna have like two shows that people are gonna watch now. Even if you had a normal pay per view schedule, that's eight shows between pay per views. Yeah. Like now it's gonna be like twenty four between each pay per view. That's a lot of wrestling. That's a lot of wrestling that, like, you have to stop and start feuds with. You're already doing it by having, like, Jericho having a mini feud with the Jurassic Express. And there was another one that I'm blanking on, but it's just like, I don't like this, man. I need more big shows, damn it. Well. Break the walls down. It's the big show. Our main event. You didn't do the end Jericho. No, I'm not. For the second half of the number one contendership, the... Kind of, it's not a tournament, but qualifier, I guess. Pack against Darby Allen. Hell of a wrestling match, Liam. He is all right. Pack, very good wrestler. Darby <laughs> Allen, very good wrestler. I like how mean Pack is. He's very mean, and Darby is the perfect person for him to be mean to because he's very oh. sympathetic, and you can beat the hell out of him. Part of me wishes that this was like 2012 Pack, and it was just dumb, flippy bullshit. 
I don't know. I like I like twenty twenty pack a lot. Like, I like twenty twenty pack a lot too. But like sometimes, but you when you put him in like there with Derby or like his matches with Will, that's when I just like just show him the old pack just for one match. Just do it. I don't know. I I, I think it works better as the contrary because if it's then it's just two guys doing flips. Whereas here it's yeah. But I like that. All right. I like I like the contrast that new pack brings to people like Darby Allen because he's a bully. Mm. He's like he he shouldn't I, be yeah, a bully. I mean, I, yeah, I get that. Yeah, he shouldn't. Why is this man a bully? Yeah, but he is. Look at this angry man who is not the tallest in the world, but he is supremely jacked. And he's just a bully. He's just a mean bully who hits people and hurts people, and he's mean. This match reminded me of um his big Dragon Gate matches. I didn't watch any of them. You didn't watch the Casey match? No, I've watched none of them, no. Actually, I might have watched one. Did I? I don't remember. If I did, I don't remember it. Did you watch him lose the title? No. <laughs> I've watched oh. a Dragon Gate match in like three years. Show's cancelled. This is this isn't a Dragon Gate card. This isn't open the voice gate. On the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Uh yeah, great main event. Pack one. Yeah. This is probably like the least interested I was in a match, because like I was already broken down from the other matches. I was like, I had my nostalgia, I had my head in my hands for the entire match, I had my good flippy bullshit. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> Your attention span just doesn't allow that long. I think I was burnt out, honestly. You should go back and watch this match when you're not burnt out. This match is a great wrestling match, Liam. To be fair, I was also watching this match, at what point it would have been 2am. Well, it's 5.23am and I'm perfectly alert. You just spent 20 minutes laughing at the name Mel. Listen, that's 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 good audio. It's for our listeners. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I do think that's some of the best work we've done. <laughs> Mel. Speaking of some of the best work they've done, Tony interviews Park after the match. Yeah, then he's like, Mox won't be there. I'm number one contender by forfeit. Uh, before Mox is like, oh, I'm in an ambulance. No, I'm not in an ambulance. My eyes... Venom Mox comes out. I, that's sure a reference that I'm, I that's assume a, is... It's a Metal Gear reference. Sure. Do, do, Metal do, Gear do, 5. I don't remember Venom Venom Snake from the 20-minute presentation, PowerPoint presentation. 20-minute? Oh, that was an hour. I like the way you you, you make it worse. Uh, PowerPoint presentation you once gave me on the history of Metal Gear. Yeah. Well, Venom Snake is the fake snake. Okay. Who was a clone of the original snake, but not done any of the other clones. Actually, no, he wasn't a clone. I'm getting mixed up. He was a medicine man who had, <laughs> who had plastic surgery to look like Snake. So Snake could do off, go off and do other things, and he could be like the public face of Snake. Why, what was Snake doing while this was happening? Um, kind of going crazy. Hideo Kojima has to be stopped. He needs to be given money. He was. Have you seen Death Stranding? Yeah, it rules. Have you played Death Stranding? No. You clearly don't like <laughs> him that much, do you? I've watched it, though. <laughs> That's not playing it. Do you think he'll... <laughs> this is not a game podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, do you think he's going to ever buy the rights back to the Metal Gear franchise? It's like, that's not the point of topic here. No, it's probably far too much money. That's my answer to your question. They should give him the rights. Yeah. Park against Mox for number one contender next week. I actually, uh, fair enough, he wasn't actually officially number one contender, but like in my head, Mox, he was already number one contender because he was already like doing the feud with Jericho. That's your WWE mind. Well, no, because he spent like four weeks feuding with the world champion. <laughs> yeah, but he hadn't earned it. He has. He is the. He was the top contender. No, but he hadn't earned it. 
but he was number one the, of the rankings. Because the rankings got reset, Garrett. Oh, unfortunate. He was still top of the rankings. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if the rankings get reset and you're number one, you should be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I was number one before they reset. I'm still number one after they reset, and he still has to become the one contender. They should do a year-long storyline with someone who was losing, and like they finally earned their way up to being the number one, and then the <laughs> then it resets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sorry, bad timing. Like, literally on the last Dynamite of the year, they beat like the number two contender and make their way to being the number one and then reset. Back of the line you go. Uh, which was your match of the week, Liam? There were some good matches this week. Yeah, it's going to be one of the tags. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Brandy Rhodes and Mel. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it, um, I'm going to go with the AW tag just because I think you're going to go with the other one. Uh, I'm actually, I was contemplating going with Pack and Darby for a while there. Well, then I'll go with the NXT tag. I'll, but I will, I'll in the end, go with the NXT tag. God damn it! <laughs> you know what these shows felt like, Garrett? Good wrestling shows? It fe- well, yes. It felt like a classic... AEW was way more interesting, but I might have liked the in-ring on NXT more. I liked one of the in-ring on NXT more. Well, that my point has been definitely <laughs> struck through... <sighs> Listen, different strokes for different folks. It's fine. How'd the poll go? Oh, the poll. The poll is actually that that work. Actually, before we go to the poll, uh, I vote AEW. Even if it wasn't for Alex Shelley, I'd still vote AEW. But Alex Shelley makes me doubly vote AEW. Stupid time splitters. Well, I'll vote AEW as well. Now, interestingly, last week NXT won sixty-two percent to thirty-eight, a pretty comprehensive win. This week. Mm. AEW won seventy-four percent to twenty-six. The conclusion that I'm drawing here is. Either AEW fans vote when they like it, mm-hmm. and they don't vote when they don't like it. There, there may be evidence for that based on the total vote number, 372 last week to 148 this week. Hmm. But still, that's a big turnaround. <laughs> I mean, deservedly so. Can we just have this show every week? <laughs> Fuck's sake. That's true. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Before we go, Liam, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Wrestle One. It's a good wrestling company. Go watch it. Nakajima's champ. That's pretty cool. A failed ace who has allowed two people to come in and take his title. Come on. Yeah, well, well, Daiki Inaba sucks, so. Ashina will beat him and he will bring back honor. If you would like to follow us on Twitter and vote in the poll every week, you can follow us at WarGamesPod. If you would like more AW coverage in your podcast feeds, if you, you can look at that podcast called Everything Elite if you follow the, the main Voices of Wrestling feed. You can listen to that, where they talk about Everything Elite, including the second AW show and the renewal and all the ratings and fun stuff like that that we don't really... T- well, we touched on a little here. It was mostly Liam dragging it in. Or you can listen to Shake Them Ropes I, covering I all of the stuff. I demand that we talk about the greater AEW world. This is, this is not the remit of the podcast, Liam. Mel! Mel indeed. Thanks for listening and Mel. Bye, Mel. Just Mel. Goodbye to Mel. Mel.